Hey, Kurt and Future Onophiles, this is Allie. And this is Adrian. And we are the, the Bottle Blondes. We think wine is delicious, but we know that learning about it can be pretty overwhelming. We use our love of comedy to make learning about wine fun and approachable because we are learning about it too. In improv, mistakes are gifts, and boy, are we going to make some mistakes. So thanks for coming on this ride with us. You can find us on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, and SoundCloud at Bottle Blondes Wine. Give us a listen, and if you like our podcast, leave us a review. And for pictures of the wine we drink for the cast and our other adventures in wine, follow us on Instagram at Bottle Blondes Wine and on Twitter at Blondes Wine. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. Hello. Oh, you go. Oh, no, you go. No, you go. Oh, Barb. Oh, Marcy. <laughs> Which is like, am. Um, yeah, welcome to the Bottle Blondes. Uh, my name is uh, Marcy Miller. And I'm Barbara Berg. And uh, we're actually part of a podcast uh, here in uh, Duluth, Minnesota that we record from my craft room uh, called the, Crafty Minis. Yeah, the Crafty Minis, uh, the Bottle Blondes are, Hallie and Adrian are big fans, big fans of our podcast and... They reached out to us to see if we wanted to do a guest episode. Yeah, they have. They've been real busy uh, working on a show with their uh, their improv uh, their improv duo. Which, oh, I don't want to say it out loud. Oh no, bless my stars! But it is very funny. I watched some videos. Oh, oh my goodness, those girls are talented. I agree. Uh, but yeah, we're we're here in uh, in the craft room in oh, the craft wow. headquarters, as I like to call it, <laughs> downtown Duluth. Downtown Duluth, yeah, that's right. We have a little shop here as well, uh, where we where we sell our wares. Yep. Um, you know, you can come to us for all of your crochet, your decoupage, your any kind of needs that yeah, you you yarn. have for crafting yarn. Yeah, a, fabric, a lot of yarn. Fabric squares for quilting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's do maybe a little bit more bio, uh, you know, about ourselves to introduce, um, you know, us a little bit to the Portland uh, or Rater, where. Uh, where do they broadcast? Oh, Fort Portland, yeah. Fort Portland, yeah. Oregon. Yeah. Oregon, is, I've heard it's beautiful. I know I need to go there someday, I but too. God, having three boys really oh, uh, yeah. takes all the energy out of you and the money. Yeah, <clears throat> you know, having just one that's, you know, doing hockey all the time. Yeah, well, my name's Marcy Miller, as I said. I have uh, three boys, uh, 15, 14, and 13. Uh, I guess you could say me and my husband were very busy in the 90s. Uh... Uh, or early 2000s. Oh, God. Oh, God. God, the 90s. Oh, that's sometimes I forget the 90s. You know, the 90s, I guess we were in college. That's right. That's right. We went to a university, uh, uh, Minnesota. Minnesota. <laughs> we were college roommates. We, yeah. we, we made a special request to the dean so we could be roommates. We've known each other. Since we were, uh, God, fresh out of the womb, I feel like. Yeah, it's almost like we shared the same womb, but we didn't share the same womb because we're not actually, uh, you know, biologically, you know, sisters, but we we feel like we're sisters. As my oldest likes to say, Tommy, uh, that Barb is my sister from another mister. I think that's so funny. I think that's funny, too. This is a clever one, Tommy. Oh, he is. Yeah, so I have three boys, uh, Tommy, uh, Joel... And uh, Robert, uh, and my husband is Bob Miller. He is a foreman at uh, his own uh, construction company. He president foreman. He's a jack of all trades there. Uh, so 
and I'm a stay-at-home full-time hockey mom. Uh, the crafting is the craft store is also uh, part of my life, uh, and I am the president of the Queen Bees, which is a quilting club here in Duluth. Yeah, she's uh, she's hard at work on the Queen Bees. I mean, sometimes you'd say that that is her job because you know she's such a upstanding quilter. And such a good example in this community. Oh, Barb. Thank you. You're welcome, Marcy. Oh, God. I just, you know, I feel like it's sometimes a little bit of a thankless job. And just to hear you recognizing that hard work oh, means a lot. Absolutely. I, I, I guess I'll introduce myself now. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I'm Barbara Berg. Uh, I have one son, uh, Todd Berg. And my husband is Fred Berg. I work part-time at the Kitchen Caboodle. I'm a manager, part-time manager at the Kitchen Caboodle. You should be full-time manager. Well, thank you. Thank you. But, you know, sometimes, you know, those Laker sets, they're heavy. Yeah, and I, you know, I don't need a full-time back problem. So, just a part-time. Part-time suits me fine. I appreciate the the encouragement. And, uh, yes, my son Todd is also in hockey, plays hockey with... Uh, Marcy's sons, and they're all in the hockey league together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think they're uh, going to nationals next week. Absolutely. So go excited. Uh, go Woodchucks. Go Woodchucks. Chuck, chuck, chuck. <laughs> chuck, chuck, chuck. <laughs> you know, some people would say we're a little bit of a good, they call us the crazy hockey mom. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we really show up for the boys. We they really there. do. And, you know, we, we bring our, our water bottles. But, you know, we put some wine in the water bottles. We do. And yeah. that wine is our favorite wine, and we're so delighted we get to talk to you about it oh today. Oh, my gosh. We're so, so excited. It's Merlot. Merlot. Oh. Merlot is, I found out, the second most widely planted grape. And you know what? I have to go back and correct uh, the Bottle Blondes girls. I hope they don't mind. But, you know, since we're a little bit their elder, I hope they take it with a grain of respect. Oh, yeah, I think they will. You know that Adrian, she said that Chardonnay is the most widely planted grape, but I think she meant the most widely planted white grape. Oh, yes, that's yeah. true. you got to distinguish between the white and the red. you got to distinguish between the white and red. They actually the most widely planted grape in all of the world. It's Cabernet Sauvignon, and Merlot is a close second. Yeah, which uh, makes sense because typically those two are uh, blended together oh, yeah. uh, in a Bordeaux uh, blend. That's right, and we're going to be talking a lot about those Bordeaux today. But uh, yeah, generally uh, Merlot is a very, um, <clears throat> it's a reasonably easy grape uh, to cultivate. I don't, I'm not a farmer or a wine grower. So I mean, you know, I got my garden, but I certainly don't get a lot of fruit in it. Yeah, yeah I can't imagine. But uh, yeah, the big uh, the big main regions where Merlot is grown is uh, France, Spain, uh, the United States, Italy. Uh, Italy. Uh, and it is a um, <clears throat> some of the main regions for Merlot uh, out of those countries are uh, Bordeaux, uh, France, Tuscany, Benito, uh, Washington State, USA, California, Southern Australia, South Africa, Chile, Argentina, and Spain. And you know, even a little bit of Russia and China. You know, I I forget, and I find it so fascinating oh, that, yeah. uh, you know, Russia, well, Russia used to get their grapes from a lot of Balkan countries, but oh. then when they uh, said, uh, you know, gave Russia the finger, then Russia was real mad and was oh, like, we yeah. gotta grow our own shit now. <gasps> oh, oh, oh bless my stars. Oh my God, where's the swear jar? Oh. <laughs> 
I think it's right over here. It's gonna be the spit jar in a minute, but we'll put a we'll put a diamond there for now. You know, I used to be a bit of a potty mouth in college. And, oh uh, yeah, Marcy. Oh jeez. You know, sometimes I try to wake you up for our 8 a.m. Uh, you know. Um. <laughs> oh, I think it was history. History. Yeah. Oh history yeah. of the history of the modern world. Mm-hmm. It was a yeah. It was a, so early. I've never been a big morning person. Oh, no, no. I'd try to get you out of bed and you curse at me. Oh, God, I am so sorry. I forgive you. Thank you. I forgive you. I know it wasn't you being mad at me. It was you being mad at the morning. Still still a little mad at the morning, but when you got three boys, oh, boy, you got to grow to love mornings real quick. But they're teenagers now, so now I'm the one getting them out of bed. Oh, absolutely. Pass that sleepy gene on. (laughs) Well, you know... For speaking of something that likes to sleep a long time, you know, Merlot um, usually has a pretty long growing season, not quite as long as Cabernet Sauvignon. It ripens about two weeks earlier, but it's real thin-skinned, you know. It's real thin-skinned grape. It ripens pretty easily, and, you know, it's pretty susceptible to the weather, so you got to have real good weather to grow Merlot. And if you have too good a weather, then it's going to be too ripe, and that's also not good. And, you know, depending on where it's grown, uh, you know, it, because it is going to be ripening later, uh, it's going to be more uh, fruit uh, forward. And some oh, of those yeah. uh, classic uh, fruit flavors that you're going to find in the Merlot is uh, raspberry, black cherry, uh, plum. And then a lot of Merlot is uh, aged in oak, uh, which will impart uh, chocolate and uh, vanilla and then a lot of Merlot also has a lot of dried herb uh, tendencies, oh, yeah. you know, like the those good herbs that you put on a thing, stuff on a turkey. In a stew, yeah. In a stew. I got stool. a lot of I got a lot of bay leaf in some of mine, some good dried herbs, thyme, yeah. things like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> things you want to find in a good roast. Yeah, a good, a good. Which is what you should be eating Merlot with. Yeah, yeah. You want to, yeah, uh, meats. It goes very well with very a variety meat. of meats. It's an, an extremely food-friendly wine, except for fishes. Oh yeah, no fishes and no bitter herbs, and also not, not uh, you know, recommended to go with spicy food. But you know, my my palate can't handle the spicy food oh, no. anyways. That you heartburn. Know, that heartburn, and you know, with, when I go get Thai food, I say mild. They ask for, you know, how the spice level, I say a one. If you can get it below a one, oh, yeah. I'd really appreciate it. Can we get those chilies away? <laughs> <laughs> so Merlot is a uh, diminutive of Merle, uh, which was the French uh, little blackbird uh, because it had the same kind of similar uh, uh, color. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bird had the same color as the grape. That's so cute. You know, I get those little blackbirds outside in my um, in my yard. And they have that real fun, weird sound that they make with the, with the. They sound like they're throwing up. Oh, I, I don't get the blackbirds out in my no? area. I get, I get to have a lot of hummingbird feeders. Oh, yeah, yeah but, that's nice. But then it's so cold here in Duluth. They don't come around very often. No, no, mostly peak of summer. You know, when it's a nice balmy 55. Oh yeah, I love that balmy 55. <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit about. I love how grapes have like family members. Oh, absolutely, you know, it's so cute. Merlot has just such a cute little family. You know, it's a. Uh, it's the child of a Cabernet Franc, and then its mother is, you know, let me get the name because it's a fun thing to say. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, you want to give it a go? I do want to give it a go. It's a Magdalene Noir de Charente. 
So yeah, but they didn't. Uh, so they always kind of not always knew. Of course, you yeah. just don't always know someone something. Someone's got to figure it out. Yeah, you know, you can't just judge something, you know, based on you know your first impression. They found out. Uh, so they didn't know that the the mother of Merlot until oh. like early 2000. They had really? to do some DNA testing, really? uh, and the grape was just kind of growing outside on somebody's house and. Somebody's like, you know, I'm going to test those goddamn grapes. And, yeah, uh, they sent their spit kit into 23andMe. <laughs> oh, yeah? Do you think they knew that was grapes? No, no, no. Oh, you made a joke. joke. That Barb. was a joke. Barb, I love you. Um, it's also got some uh, some half-siblings. Uh, I'm going to screw this one up. Oh, no. Car- Go for it. Carmenere. Oh, that was good. Thanks. At least I think so. Uh, I was convinced. Uh, Malbec and uh, Cabernet Sauvignon, uh, they're half, half siblings. I didn't know that. I didn't know. Yeah. I don't know if I have any more facts about Merlot, other than it just, you know, it gets compared to Cabernet Sauvignon, and sometimes, you know, it's seen as inferior to Cabernet Sauvignon, but that's just not true. They're just different. They're you know? just different. Uh, one of the big things... Uh, Difference-wise, the, the tannin structure. Oh yeah, you know, Cabernet Sauvignon is a very tannic. Uh, Merlot, Merlot is very uh, medium. Yeah, but a medium-bodied wine with medium tannins, and they—that's the reason that they're often uh, blended together. Is the Merlot kind of takes a little bit of some of the edge off the Cabernet uh, the tannins. Yeah, so. they're you know they're good friends. They balance each other out, just like me and Marcy. That's right. Yeah, we're two two. Two grapes in a pod. Two grapes in a two, two grapes, grapes on, on a vine. vine. Yeah. Oh, two peas in a pod. Two grapes on a vine. Two two pucks on the ice. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's just a perfect perfect analogy to our friendship and to our drinking. Yeah, we uh, yeah. we 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 get into the Merlot sometimes oh, yeah. when we're when we're podcasting Absolutely. when we're talking about. Um, Oh, Needlepoint. Well, Needlepoint. We did an episode on Needlepoint, and uh-huh. uh, oh boy, I oh was, boy, he, I was feeling that the next day. I was too. Thank goodness we weren't were using you know sharper tools. You know, a needlepoint uh, needle is not too scary. It's not like we were using you know any, the exact one. I, and yeah, that's exactly what I was yeah. thinking. You took the words right out of my mouth. Well, same page, same page, same page. Uh, yeah, Merlot is you know it's just a real middle wine. It's middle boldness. It's middle bodied, like you said. It's kind of medium tannin, so it's it's just in the middle. And you know what? We think it's so perfect because we're right in the middle of the USA. That's right, Duluth, Minnesota, oh, right middle, middle town, middle America. <laughs> You know, we love being right in the middle. I think what we're going to do today is uh, Barb is going to talk about uh, Old World. Oh, yeah, Old World Merlot. Uh, which, if you don't know, when somebody says Old World, they're just talking about uh, Europe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I am going to be doing uh, some New World so we can compare and contrast oh, yeah. those flavors. Um, so a lot of people uh, kind of take a big, uh, kind of take a crap on Merlot. I know. It gets a really bad rap, which is uh, too bad. Uh, it's just a shame. You know, it had a it had a very big uh, pop. It was very popular mm-hmm. uh, in the nineties. Oh, uh, about the same time Chardonnay was getting really popular. About the same time, you know, we were in college. Yeah, we're right probably about when we discovered Merlot. Of course, we weren't drinking good Merlot back then, but no. we were drinking Merlot for sure. And I know one of the reasons that we started getting into Merlot is we watched that. Uh, uh, 60 Minutes special called The French Paradox, which is oh. where they were talking about, you know, why the French are healthier than us Americans. And yeah. uh, one of the things that they kind of looked at was, was wine. Uh, 
and the French drank more wine at the time, and you know the Americans just were like, you know, that's a great idea. What a good idea! Thanks, France. So you know. that led to, unfortunately, uh, you know, popular with popularity came um, oversaturation, and with oversaturation came a dip in quality. Yeah. And then, of course, the pinnacle of this came in uh, 2004. That movie, Sideways. Sideways. Yeah, with the Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti. He's a little. <laughs> <laughs> you said it kind of Italian. I like it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And that Thomas Hayden Church was... I don't know. Both those characters in that film are pretty despicable. Yeah, they're not likable people. Not at all. But they're not, you know, they're not good-hearted Minnesotans, that's for sure. No, they're they're little bubble Californians. Oh, no, not all... Cal- I'm sorry. I've got the B word. I, I to put a dime in the jar. I forgot. I forgot about the B word. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. I'm just holding you accountable. No, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, but basically, uh, there's a big scene in this movie which won Best Original Screenplay at the Oscars where the character says, Oh, God. Oh, I'm going to give you permission. You don't I'm, have to put anything in the jar for this okay, one. Okay, because I, I got to say it. Uh, they're about to go out and meet some ladies yeah. for some drinks, and the character, Paul Giamatti, says, I'm not drinking any fucking Merlot. <gasps> And you know what's so funny is because he loves Pinot Noir. Oh, yeah. And there's this big, long speech about, uh, you know, which is really just a metaphor for his psyche yeah. uh, about Pinot Noir. And then, so in a lot of ways, the movie kind of helped tank Merlot sales and really upped uh, Pinot Noir's uh, profile on the wine scene. That's so crazy how pop culture can be so influential to something that's so old. Yeah, it's it's really bizarre. I think a lot of people uh, at that time, especially uh, Generation uh, is it X that was before the millennials? Yeah. Um, right, but right. Yeah, don't you know? I it was think when so. it was when a lot of millennials and Gen Xs were turning 21, and uh, I think that they were just very moldable, fresh drinkers, and they just were very influenced by pop culture. Oh, so yeah, that's fair. But um, which is too bad because he didn't want to drink the effing Merlot. Uh-uh. Not because he didn't like it, but because his ex-wife did, and he was very mad at his ex-wife. Oh. So. Just fun fact about that. And you know, the the wine that he's coveting at the very end and he finally drinks it, that's a Merlot. That's right. Yeah. Well, that's right. I don't remember which one it was because, you know, know, I don't have the greatest memory at all. Not anymore after all these drinks. But, but yeah, I remember that. And I remember being surprised. Let's get to drinking. Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, my favorite part. So... I have a, you know, I have three examples of Old World Merlot. Uh, Merlot in the Old World is is uh, predominantly grown in France. France is actually the number one grape. You'd think it was Cabernet Sauvignon or something else, you know, maybe Grenache, but no, it's Merlot. I have two examples from France, from the Bordeaux region, and then I have one from the Veneto region in Italy. I would really like to, you know, explore other places, too, that grow it in the Old World, like Spain. I think we're going to start with the most classic example, and that is one from the the Pomerol region in in Bordeaux, France, which is in the right bank. Uh, Pomerol is basically a very classic example of Merlot in France. It's the smallest region in the Rape Bank. And, you know, if you want to learn more about Bordeaux, you should listen to the Bottle Blondes episode where they had another set of guests. Yeah. Yeah, and they learned all about Bordeaux. I thought that was a great episode. And, you know, I thought that even though they were a bit pretentious. They were. They were. That uh, Jeffrey and John 
John Michael yeah. were uh, were really good, you know, educators. That's right, because that's their real job. That's their job in real life. Yeah, uh, the right bank uh, is a uh, what's that? A clay more clay more soil. clay yeah. soils. Yeah, yeah. The the terror ter- Oh goodness! Oh, you, you can do it. Uh, you I can, can you do can't it. butcher it more terror. than Hallie did in that Chardonnay oh, episode. That's, but she figured it out, and she says it better than I can now. Terror. Terroir. Terroir. Thank you. Thank you, Marcy. You're welcome, Barb. Terroir is a, it's made up of gravel and clay there, so it gives the, the, the wines a soft velvet texture and a plum and cocoa profile. And um, Pomerol is a, is the tiniest region in the right bank. I don't know if I already said that, but uh, Merlot makes up 80% of the growth from the region. Yeah, and they're, you know, they're very soft and fruit forward, but not quite as fruit forward as the, the New World ones, but they're still pretty fruity and a little bit savory, and they're very easy to drink young. Um, something else that I thought was kind of interesting and I thought was a good comparison to, you know, you know, good old Minnesota is, you know, Pomerol chateaus are pretty modest. Hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah, modest people over in Pomerol. I love that. You know, that's one thing when I, when someone talks about like, you know, taking a CRAP on Minnesota because oh. of it's, you know, because of it's so cold. I'm just like, well, the people. Oh, the people, people. here. So nice. So nice. Yeah. The community. It was, you know, the first word I think of when I think of Duluth, you know? I think of community. Absolutely. Yeah, community. Hanging out. So yeah, the Pomerol Chateaus are, they're modest and the majority of their vineyards have uh, less than 10 acres or uh, four hectares. Nope. Four hectares. Four hectares. Hectares? I don't know if it's hectares. I think it's just hectares. And uh, anyways, I don't understand why they have to call it something different. If it's just acres, just say the amount of acres. Why do we got to, you know, shorten it into hectares? I agree, you know. It's it's like doing a conversion where conversion, you know, doesn't need to happen. Like they yeah. don't need to turn the West Duluth Mall into a into a cheesecake factory. Oh, no, they, they did, did not. not. No. You know, there's fine. already a cheesecake factory across the street. I don't know why they had to change the whole mall into a giant mega cheesecake factory. I know the biggest. You know, we're not we're not just the Mall of America over in uh, Minneapolis. Oh, yeah, we are. Duluth is home to the world's biggest cheesecake factory. Every single store in the mall is dedicated to a different type of cheesecake. So if you need a cheesecake for a real specific occasion, like. Uh, you know, like for Bob's birthday, Bob loves, um, oh, yeah. you know, like pancakes and maple syrup and stuff. So, so I got him a maple cheesecake. From the maple cheesecake store. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when Fred, you know, he had his birthday, he really liked berry flavor, so I got him a raspberry cheesecake. Oh, I, had to go, I had to go, you know, 20 minutes north for that. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a big mall. That's a big mall. I got my workout that day. Oh, I bet you did. I was saying that, you know, most... Pomerel chateaus are modest, and the, the wines that they grow are pretty modest, but there is one very famous Pomerel wine. Mm-hmm. It's called Petrus. I think that's how you pronounce it. I believe it's, you. It's 99% Merlot, and it can go for over $2,000 a bottle. You know, that's a that's a down payment that's, on a car. On a used Toyota Tercel. Absolutely, like the blue one that you have. I've had that... I've had that car 20 years. It's a workhorse. I had that darn straight. And Bob's had his uh, his Toyota for, oh, jeez, I think since, the, since college. Really? Yeah. Yeah? I mean, he mostly drives his work truck, and he lets uh, 
you know, the boys are starting to learn how to drive. Oh. Uh, the, you know, Tim is. Yeah. Or, not me. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, you know, we're a Honda family. I got my Odyssey. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That thing. You know, they said, you only have one son, Barb. You don't need a whole minivan. I said, I like it. I like my minivan. And I can fit lots of crafts in it. That's Thank right. you very much. You've got an amazing craft organizer in the back there. Oh, yeah. Whenever we, things organized. When we go on the road to craft festivals, we take Barb's, uh, we take Barb's Honda Pilot. We don't take mine. Oh, no. Nope. <clears throat> no, no. And that's okay. You know, I kind of like driving it. You know, it's fun. It's a fun drive. Yeah. I got, I got to drive it that one time when you were a little too sleepy. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was a lot. It was a big Merlot day. It was a big Merlot day. <laughs> well... This Merlot we're going to taste is a big Merlot. Is it 99%? Uh, well, not this one. The famous one is oh, 99%. Famous. What's the other 1%? That's a good question. That, what a weird thing. Like, what a weird might, thing. Just go 100 if you're going to go 99. That's a good point. You know, maybe it's a Cabernet Sauvignon, but maybe not. Like, what's the point of 1% of Cabernet Sauvignon, really? What, what on earth? Yeah, what on... Well, you but know... they have some explaining to do. Well, it's kind of like when you're making sugar cookies, you know, with food dye, you only need one drop of food dye. And it That's turns, a good point. And it turns those cookies uh, just the perfect shade of, you know, whatever you're needing. Yeah, you yeah. Need. So maybe it's uh, similar to that. Yeah, They maybe. just needed one little splash to pull it all together. You know, I did that the other day for St. Patty's Day. I made some green sugar cookies, and I used two do- two drops, and they were too green. Oh, that's too cr- green. that is crazy. Yeah, they stained people's teeth. People said they liked them, but you know, Fred was just being nice, I think. Oh, yeah, Fred, not a mean bone on that man's no. body. Bob has a little bit of a temper sometimes. Oh, Bob, God bless Bob. They're, uh, they're actually, uh, they're out today doing some uh, ice fishing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I kicked I kicked him out of the house. I was like, you go do something with Fred. We're busy. We are busy. We're gonna have a fun day. Well, we're gonna drink this with this Chateau Bel Air from Pomerol. It's a 2010, which was a great great vintage for the Bordeaux region. 2010. Oh my. Oh, yeah. I actually don't know the specific breakdown. I think that this this is 100% Bordeaux or at least, you know, predominantly enough Bordeaux or sorry. I think this is uh 100% Merlot or at least predominantly enough Merlot that it was it was uh labeled as such, not on this label but in the description in, you know, Vinopolis where I went. Uh and it's it's uh, 14.5%, so it's a big wine. It's oh, yeah. Big. It looks oh, big. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the 2010, just to go in a little more, is an excellent vintage, especially for the St. Emilion and the Pomerol regions. Uh, it was less sunny and warm than 2009, but the long, dry summer uh, meant that the grapes were able to ripen slowly. And, you know, the alcohol was pretty high, but there's a little bit of structure and tannin, and it, it's a good wine. I'm excited. I am super excited. Let's pour yeah. some, and I'll tell you a little bit more about the Chateau in specific. The, the Chateau Bel Air uh, is a lesser known estate, and you know it was it dates back to the thir- to the 1800, not the 1300. That's old. That's old. That's old. That's, That's old. Crusades old. It's a it's a big big winery. A lot of wineries are small there. They're under uh, under four hectare hectares, and this one's 13.11 hectares. And it's planted with 95% Merlot and 5% Cabernet Sauvignon. And the terroir is sand and gravel. And the wine is aged in a combination of 33% new French oak, 33% tank fermentation, 
and the remainder is in uh, one-year-old barrels for 12 months. That's a quite that's, a, that's quite, quite a combination, yeah. but not so, not too much new oak. So uh, new, just a refresher. Just a refresher. New yeah. oak uh, imparts flavor into the wine. Uh, neutral oak uh, would not. This oh. is very uh, you know for it being a 2010, which I typically it's still pre- it's not as uh, I don't know. I was expecting more of a. A rusty tint with it being a little older, but this is pretty, uh... It's pretty red. It's pretty red. You know, it's a deep ruby, but it does have a little bit of that orange. Just a little bit on the edges. Um, not quite a... That's that's typically the way you can tell Merlot from Cabernet Sauvignon is the Merlot gets the orange tint around the edge. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's good. It's good to know. And this one has pretty notable staining of the tears since it's pretty big. Um, I got... I got a weird smell of toast when I first smelled this, and that kind of went away, uh, but, you know, last night when I was trying it. Mm-hmm. It's very uh, r- uh, ripe, red, ripe? Oh, red? yeah. Raspberry. Ooh, oh, that yeah. That was quite a mouthful. I think a lot of the times when we're tasting raspberry uh, on the nose or, you know, or excuse me, smelling no raspberry smelling on the raspberry. nose, it's more of a tart raspberry, but this, this is, is more like of a, a riper raspberry. Yeah, or maybe a tart blackberry, kind of in the in between, you know. Yeah, um, definitely a lot of, I got some plum and, uh, you know, a little bit of toffee. Oh yeah, I'm getting not, a little, not too sweet, but yeah, this doesn't, for it being in French, a uh, French oak tends to, you know, lend those uh, vanilla chocolate qualities that you see in Merlot, which is why a lot of uh, Merlot is, is aged in French oak. Taste this one, it's complex. Woo! <laughs> you know, it's got, it's got a real, uh, cedar taste to it. Oh Yeah. It does. A lot of cedar. Pretty herbal, too. Oh, yeah. I got a lot of bay leaf, some blackberry jam, and, you know, black currant, because I feel like I associate currant with, like, you know, that kind of inky black, but not too sweet flavor. This is almost kind of, like, cloudy. It's weird. It's not, it's very, I don't know. Maybe I'm hallucinating that. It's just dark. It's, it's very. It's just very dark. You know, is is the darkest one that I tried. I think this one could probably, because it's so old, I think it could use some decanting. Oh, it's, yeah. It's pretty, um... I think so, too. It's just too medicinal up in the front of the palate. Yeah, and it's, you know, the alcohol, the, the tannins and alcohol are kind of all I'm really mm-hmm. getting right now. Oh, um, yeah. But I think this wine will probably open up real nicely with some decanting. Merlot, you want to decant for about 30 minutes if you've got a decanter. You know, I don't. I keep asking Fred for my birthday, but, you know, my birthday only comes once a year. Although what I've heard is that if you don't have a decanter, you can probably just put it in your blender. That's right. Um, or if you just have a glass, another thing which I'm doing right now is uh, you just firmly take your hand and cup it over it and vigorously uh, shake and swirl to get more uh, oxygen oh, yeah. in there. You know, it's like a shake weight. It is. Like, oh, man. I still use my shake weight. Do I, you? I do. I know a lot of people give me shit for it. I mean, <gasps> oh, got it. Well... That's okay. That's okay. I'll just I'm put it in for- later. I'll forgive you. I think it still needs more decanting. Yeah, it needs to open yeah. up a little bit more. Yeah. It's but I'm tough. Kind of- it's tough. It's a tough one. It's not almost- real. Uh, it's not sippable. It's not. And you know what? It's definitely, I bet if somebody was just tasting that blind, they would not think that was Merlot. Oh, good point. I bet they would go to something more tannic like Cap- Cabernet. Sauvignon. Like Cabernet or, you know... What's, what's something that has that kind of menthol flavor? 
Well, I know a lot. Pinotage does, but that's no, too dark. No, that's true. That's uh, too dark. Too dark. You know, maybe they might even think, you know, uh, a Cotaron or something, you know. Mm. Yeah. Something, you know, something more herbal, for sure. For sure. Yeah. So this is a surprising Merlot. But, uh, you know, I think... I think with when it's treated right, I think it's just not great right out of the bottle. Yeah, needs a yeah needs a little air, a little time. Well, let's move on to one that I just dearly did love, though. Oh, I'm excited! Then. Oh yeah, so this one is an organic wine, Ooh. and it's called Per Merlot. And I love the bottle. It's I like do too. Beautiful, um, like Art Deco. Yeah, Art Deco, or, and it's orange and black oh, and yeah. white. It's just gorgeous. And it, you know, there's a real nice story behind this one too, about the winemakers and everything. And they make all of their wines organic, and they make it with indigenous yeast. So yeast that is native to that area, they don't, you know, they don't buy it and import it from somewhere else or from a factory or anything like that. It's a 2014, and you know, I I looked at the label and it said Bordeaux Superior, and I said, what? Where is that? Does that just mean it's from Bordeaux? But it's no, it's from the Bordeaux region in the right bank. Oh, yeah. There's like a little appellation, and it's right next to the Saint Emilion, and I just didn't know. That's, that's that's great, you know. That's yeah. why it's it's fun to read read labels and do your research. You, oh, you really, yeah. it's it's you know, wine just really is not as difficult as people think it is. You know, you just yeah. gotta take a take five minutes, look at the label, and get onto that Google. Get on that Google. Get on that Google. Get on that Google. There's a great great website, and uh, I believe that the bottle ones actually use this website in one of, in their weird wines episode. Oh yeah. Uh, which we got a sneak preview of. It's not up on iTunes yet, but um, it, it will be very, very soon. Oh, I, uh, But there's this great website called IndieWineries.com. And I looked up all the information for this winemaker on there, and there's just a lovely story and uh, lovely information about it. Besides the indigenous yeast, it's aged for seven months in stainless steel and then concrete which i thought was very very interesting not no oak no oak at all on this no one. oak and you know when i was tasting it i was like where are those you know chocolatey notes before they weren't there yeah it was kind of crazy but it's it's very fruity still the vines were planted in 1986 so it's a kind of a younger winery it's a millennial wine it is a millennial yes. wine uh and there's no added sulfite so yeah it's pretty Pretty organic, that's for sure. That was a little bit of a bigger pour. Yeah. Than, <laughs> that's okay. Well, this one's a little bit more purple. Oh, yeah. This had a nice purple to it, you know, and it's a oh, 13%. So it's, you know, real medium. Real medium. I got medium purple color. Uh, it's pretty opaque, but, you know, thinned but distinct tears. Had a little bit of that bread, that sweaty saddle smell. Yeah, it definitely's got the typical uh, aromas of a of a natural, natural wine. Yeah. yeah, but beyond that, I got plum and cherry syrup and some bay leaf and sweet tobacco. And then you know when I tasted, I got black cherry and blackberry, more cedar again, and dried herbs. It's funny that you're getting the you know the cedary wood without it being in any any wood itself you know that's just natural from the grapes that's just natural from the grapes there's definitely some dried herb 
This is still savory, but not quite as difficult to, you know, structurally as the other one. Not quite as chewy. I really liked this one. I just like the savoriness of it. It is. It smells very savory. I'm getting a lot of... I don't know if it's because I've been using the neti pot more, but um, I'm definitely... Has that been helping with your allergies? Uh, you know, a little bit. You know, uh, time will tell. Um, I get weird um, sensations in my ears afterwards, like, you know, you're clearing your ears after oh, a plane yeah, ride or pop. something. Yeah, so... You know, I won't use it forever. I don't think you should be using it forever. But, you know, allergy season. Yeah, it's know. upon us. It is upon us. It's a spring. Oh, and it's so beautiful out here in those still, oh, still beautiful. a little cold. So cold, still a little bit of, you know, snow on the ground. Still a little bit, And yeah. those floods that they're having over in the other parts of the Midwest. We haven't gotten those so bad, but, oh, man, it's been, it's been wet. Oh, yeah. It uh, tastes a lot lighter than it looks. Doesn't it? You know, it's not so heavy on the tongue. And you get kind of that bitter chocolate note, too. Oh, yeah, baking chocolate. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely getting baking chocolate and, uh, yeah, some sage. Oh, um, yeah. Just a hint of, uh, yeah, just a hint of the raspberry and the plum. Mm -hmm. It's nice. I think it's real balanced. It is nice. Oh, Oh, yeah, actually, you know, yeah, the more I drink this. Yeah, the more I fall in love. Yeah, that's a good one. You know, so surprising. You'd think just based off of, uh, you know, labels alone that, mm -hmm. you know, maybe this one would be the better wine, but I'm liking that one better. I'm liking this one, you know, it's a little bit more, a uh, little bit more friendly. It's, so the, to tell you a little bit more about the area, I'm going to go into a little bit more about the estate. Oh, the estate the story. The estate story about this wine. So the producer is called... You know, I'm not going to say this in a, in a fun French way. I'm just going to say it in my way. It's a Vignoble Mingo. Sure. <laughs> How would you say it? You took more French than I did. Uh, you typically uh, wouldn't pronounce probably the um, the T on the... So it would probably be Mingo. Mingo. And not what about Vignoble? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm out. The jury's out on that one. Oh, okay. Mingo. Yeah. But all, all I know from, you know, French and Italian is with French, you typically don't pronounce the last letters. And with Italian, you, you, you very do. much do. <laughs> well, it, it it was founded in 1964. It's a family winery. It's been passed down from generation to generation, and now it's owned by the grandson, uh, Julian. And it's situated at the top of the Isle River Valley. And the area benefits from long sun exposure and natural drainage, you know, those clay, chalky soils. Uh, Merlot is the dominant grape of the vineyard. They also grow uh, Cabernet Franc, which comes in a oh, beautiful yum. green label. I, they had pictures, you know, just beautiful pictures of the winery. Um, they're just, just a sweet family making, you know, natural wines. It's delicious. Just very expressive of the area. Oh, reminds me of... Uh... Oh, reminds me of last Christmas, where we're, uh, we all we brought some of the other queen bees over to my house. Oh yeah, yeah and we had a big potluck. And we uh, had that big potluck and you know quilting session. Oh yeah, Quilt, quilting and potluck and mm -hmm. two of my favorite things. You oh. made just the most beautiful beef stew. Yeah, and we had that with some merlot, and that combination was just to die for. And it. you brought a hot dish to die for. It. Oh, yeah, thank it was you. so so luxurious and cheesy and potatoey. Oh. oh, 
No, I am known for my hot dish. You are. You know, you know my special ingredient. What? Paprika. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Don't you know? Dude. Oh, dude. I just called you dude. 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 <laughs> uh, you know. I love it. I didn't want to tell you this because my feelings were a little hurt when Bob okay. first told it to me. But okay. Bob likes your hot dish better than mine. I was like, oh, really? Oh. I was like, you're going to go cheat on me too? Oh. <laughs> Whoa. No, uh, he, no, 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 no. Bob, Bob's never, uh, he's only commented on my hot dish, not my hot body. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. It's true. God, thank you. Oh, God, yeah. You love those Zumba jazzercises. I do it. love the Zumba. <laughs> yeah, I got to get to one of those classes one day, but you know, the three boys. Whew, oh, yeah. Busy, busy. Take up a lot of time, you know, between my, between the hockey and my part-time job. I don't have as much room for Zumba in as I used to. But anywho, <laughs> this one kind of has, you know, a nice fuzzy mouthfeel. That's what the guy at the at the store said. He said this was a nice fuzzy, fuzzy. mouthfeel. And I, I, you know, I agree with that. I think it's nice and soft, you know, like a good fuzzy blanket that you hang out with in the wintertime. Do you know off the top of your head, uh, are there any other regions in France that grow Merlot, or is it really just a Bordeaux thing? Um, There are other regions, you know. I'm going to pull up my my little France map one second. Oh, yeah. Hold on, just because, you know, it's not at the top of my head, but but it is close by. So I know that it's going to be grown in the... It might be a little bit in the Rhone, just because they grow all kinds of things there. But you know, I may not be. I, that may not be true. Yeah. Uh, the Southwest, uh, the Bergerac grows a Bordeaux blend, so that'll probably pop up there too. Yeah, I would think. Yeah, I, I would. You know, the Rhone grows a lot of red grapes, so maybe that would be a likely fit mm-hmm. for them. I know the Rhone is more focused on GSM blends. Oh yeah, which is Grenache, Syrah, and Morvedre. But yeah, I don't know what a lot of other places that grow Merlot, you know, for the fact that it is the most grown grape in France, it doesn't grow in a lot of other regions, which is peculiar. It's peculiar to me. Hmm. Or it probably does, but it's, you know, maybe it's just not on this map. Merlot. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that part. I wish That's right. I, I wish I did. You know, you can't have all the answers all the time, no. as, as uh, my grandfather used to say. Oh, oh, picking some bottles over here. Well, you know, speaking of other places it's grown, this isn't a place in France, but, uh, you know, it is a place. Oh, the liver, oh no, that's Porto. It is a place in Italy. I've never had an Italian Merlot. I'm uh, you know, so excited. You might have had one and just not known it. Yeah, because Italy has all those crazy labels all those crazy labels and you know sometimes you just don't quite know what you're getting in there yeah and uh, yeah we listened to the girls episode uh, on San Giovese which kind of went into how uh, different labels wine is normally referred to by where it's grown not necessarily you know the grapes so yeah so it's confusing oh yeah oh goodness oh yeah but that episode was real helpful in helping me uh, understand uh, Italian wine a little bit better. a little bit better and you know especially San Giovese yeah so this one, 
This one's a Trader Joe's bag. Oh, yeah. Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's. It's called Soray. Oh, I don't know. Soray. Soray. It's from Veneto. It's, um, the producer is Cecilia Beretta, which is a nice name. And it's an IGT. So it just means that it's grown in Veneto. There's no other kind of classification or, you know, uh, control over it other than those, those grapes are produced in Veneto and uh, made in Veneto as well. Lovely. So this one is not, this is Merlot dominant, but it is not pure Merlot. Oh. I, I tried, you know. You know, there's only so much you can find and do at the stores mm -hmm. without having to do special orders and stuff. The the area of Veneto is uh, is northeast in, uh, you know, in Italy. It's uh, where Venice is. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's right up against the Adriatic Sea. And uh, it's it lies between a bunch of different regions that are also famous for making wine. The Friuli region, you're going to get a lot of Merlot in there. Yeah. The Emilia Romagna region, which we talked, they talked about in, you know, the, the Bottle Blinds episode in episode five. Yeah. It's uh, also sandwiched between the Lombardy and the Trentino Alto region. So, you know, it's just lots of wine going on in there. Well, and I think they also uh, do uh, Val Valpolcella blend out of Veneto as well. Oh, yeah. It's a, they very, do. It's a very prolific uh, wine region up there in Veneto. Well, Benito. speaking of Valpocella, this went through the Apassimento method. I oh, found it. Oh, my favorite. I know. You and Hallie both love that Apassimento method. You know, well, she turned me on to it, and oh. then I started looking for it on labels now. It just, in, it just lends a very nice, rich quality to the wine. You know, traditionally in an Apassimento, Valpocella... Uh, a Valpicella del, or sorry, an Amarone del Valpicella, the, the dominant grape is going to be Corvina. Mm -hmm. But this one ha does have Corvina in it, but the predominant grape is Merlot. So it's 40% Merlot, 30% Corvina, 20% Cabernet Sauvignon, and then 10% uh, of something that I'd never heard of before called Cro Crotina. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but it's very similar to Dolcetto. Oh, all right. Wow. It's and, quite a blend. Yeah, it's quite a crazy blend. I feel like it's kind of a poor man's, you know, Val uh, Amarone. It's a 2016, and it's a 14%. Here we go. Oh, look at that color. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, gorgeous. It's a nice medium ruby. Oh, yeah, a little light, but also a little light, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's lighter than the other ones. You know, I got a, I got a real like candle smell on this one. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. Like yeah. It has a very waxy cherry smell. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely uh, got that bright cherry, very bright cherry. You know what the aging on this one is? I mean, besides, is, is I'm, where was it? Oh, is it uh, oak or stainless? You know, I don't know. I tried to look it up. Other than uh, the fact that it was dried for a number of weeks and then, uh, you know, uh, made after that, I, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't get really any, uh, a lot of oak in it, so I have a feeling it was, you know, tank fermentation. It's good, but that, yeah, but, and I know because it's not all Merlot, yeah. but. You know what I got is a, is tomato. Yeah. I got sweet tomato. I got five spice. Have you ever had that five spice? Oh, yeah. Yet? I have. I, I, I experimented once with a yeah. little five spice. Yeah. yeah. 
you know, and then, you know, just cherry. That's a cherry. You know, it almost tastes a little bit kind of like about Coachella. Probably because of that cor. You said the Corvino. Uh huh. It's a four, a thirty percent Corvino. So it's a maybe that's a lot. Why. Maybe that's why. Yeah, but you know the Merlot, I think, brings out a lot of that fruit. I yeah, yeah. Oh, let's see here. It no. says real easy drinking. Oh yeah, I can. I, I bet that. I definitely want this with some pasta. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like a nice, you know, pork ragu. Oh yeah. That'd be good. It's you know. It's eight ninety nine. Good deal. That's a good deal. Yeah. You know, it's kind of it doesn't last long in the mouth. No, it's very <laughs> that a you know leaves real quick. Yeah, you know, comes in and then just goes. Yeah, comes in, takes a cookie, says thank you very much, and then you know, just like my son Todd. Oh God. He's barely there for more than five minutes at a time. He's either got hockey practice or he's got study group. Or, you know, he's hanging out with his girlfriend. <gasps> Todd's got a girlfriend. Todd's got a girlfriend. When did death happen? You know, that's a good question. Uh, they start, I think they started dating just a couple weeks ago. I haven't met her yet. He hasn't brought her by, and I keep saying, Todd, you gotta bring her by for oh, dinner. Oh, God, if that was. Some hot dish. Oh, my God. I don't even know her name. What? I don't know her name. Oh, my God. That's, that's crazy to me, Barb. That's crazy. If. If my eldest was dating a girl, I would sit him down in the interrogation chair, I would, and I'd get all the information out of him. Well, I maybe just, I should send him over to your house. You should. I, I just should. Hope, I hope it's not that. What's uh, what's Lucy's daughter's name? Vicky? Oh, oh she's, a, she's a tart. She is a tart to the max. Oh, God. I'm like, you know, girl, it's 30 degrees outside. Cover up. Cover up. Put on a goddamn scarf. Boom. Oh, shoot. That's all right. You, you just, oh, that's, a, I'm a little surprised that came out of you. Oh, yeah, I am too. Well, you know. Well, you know, it's, you know. Get a little Merlot in you. Just a little bit. And the, the GDs come right out. So, oh, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, very delightful. Yeah, no, it sure is. Now, you listeners out there, we're going to take a little break. But don't you worry, Marcy and I will be back in part two to talk more about the wonderful world of Merlot. And in the meantime, be sure to check out the other Bottle Blondes episodes. Those girls sure are smart cookies. Thanks for listening.